and welcome to Didian Hawthorne and the In-Between, your place for everything reading and language related. I'm your host, Mackenzie Gentz. Now bookmark that book and let's begin. Hello, hello and welcome to the show. Hello und herzlich willkommen zu unserem Podcast. Today we are going to be discussing the Coffee and a Classic Book Box subscription from October 2020, not sponsored which included a collection of classic stories from none other than Edgar Allan Poe. A couple of stats on this book box. This was the most expensive book box by far. This was over $50 if I am remembering correctly, including tax and shipping and all of that. Um, This was definitely also the most thing object gift oriented of all of the boxes we reviewed introverts retreat comes close um super different and distant from book boxes like boxwalla which is our last book box that we will review uh also the book drop very distant from that in terms of the ratio the continuum between thing object-oriented and book novel author-oriented. Included in this box, and again this was the October 2020 box, I was super excited for this box. By the way, I splurged in October because I thought October is my favorite month. It's my favorite spooky reading month, (laughs) although every month is great for spooky reads. And I thought I would just get something luxurious for an October reading month. Uh, I will preface this by saying this is completely my own opinion and it's extremely weighted by the fact that I am a minimalist. It is weighted by the fact that I like book boxes that focus on the literature itself, that have lots of information about the author, for example, or the book in question. I like reads that are interesting in terms of their diversity and I like reads that surprise me when I open the box. (laughs) And so even if I don't end up enjoying the novel that I get, or the novels, plural, that I get in the box. Um, I like them generally because they're so out of the box from what I would normally read. This book box, again, completely unsolicitingly, my own opinion, was a disappointment to me. Uh, This is my least favorite book box. (laughs) I'm going to say it outright. That's nothing against Coffee and a Classic. Uh, I'm sure they do hard work there. The box came on time. Everything was in order in the box, but for someone like me, this was not the book box to get, and it was definitely not something um, that I, again, was anticipating. It was not something that uh, I would ever get again because it was so object thing mythologically oriented whereas I love book boxes that are curated from the literature forward and not from this like object slash merch standpoint forward. In terms of the objects that were in this book box 
It had a bookmark in it, uh, which I actually, I will say outright, I love the bookmark. I use it, <laughs> I've been using it for almost every book that I've read so far in 2021. Um, it is really well done. It's like a paper cut bookmark. Um, that was a thumbs up from me in this box. The book, of course, which was a collection from Barnes & Noble's classic of a classic story summation of Edgar Allan Poe's works, short stories, uh, a lot of them, and then it gets into his detective fiction. We'll talk about that in a second. There was also hot chocolate. Uh, there was a card that described everything in the box, and it said that the hot chocolate was color-changing. It was not. It was not color-changing. I was so excited when I read that, and the hot chocolate was delicious don't get me wrong i'm a huge chocolate nerd i got through the hot chocolate probably in record time it was not the one described though <laughs> so it was very fun it was poe themed as well uh, but again not the hot chocolate described if that is something you uh, would be attentive to or would care about the ornament that was in it i was really wondering why there would be a holiday ornament in this box. I believe the ornament said despair on it and it was just not well made in my opinion and it was something where I looked at it and I just thought who could I even give this to that would enjoy it so uh, it, that was something that I really was at a loss for words about when I opened the box and I was wondering what you all would have done with an ornament, a black ornament that says despair on it. Um, I think it would be cute if I had like a whole Christmas tree or a whole aesthetic that had sort of a dark gothic vibe, but uh, unfortunately or fortunately I don't. So the ornament I ended up donating. There was also a mug in the box, a coffee mug. It says, it's, it's, the design is very cute. I will admit that. It says Pomia Cup, which is, you know, very punny. I am a big sucker for puns. Um, it's a silk screened mug. It's, you know, very comparable to what you would get for a couple bucks on Amazon if you sent them a design that they wanted to be, that wanted to be silk screened onto a mug. Um, I wish that the mug was funner. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> for the amount I paid for this box, they could have ditched the ornament and made the mug a lot funner or a uh, big idea here made the book a little bit more interesting or have included a more curated collection of Poe's works. Um, you know, I really don't want to roast these people too bad, but for someone who loves literature so much, it was so sad for me to get this box. And the reason why is there's a box coming up, the Boxwalla book box. And even largely all of the boxes we've reviewed so far, Once Upon a Book Club, I liked. I thought it was uh, good for reasons which I will explain at the end of this episode as well. Um, but I didn't like it as much for some of the same reasons as I don't like this box. It's very object-oriented. And there's a book box coming up, our final book box of five book boxes to start on this series that really checked all the boxes. It was a more expensive price level. Um, 
but I had high hopes coming in and those hopes were not dashed upon. There was, uh, there did end up being a sort of object that came along with the books, but they just really fit well together and I really love the selection. So that's a sneak peek into what is to come in this book box series. Moving forward though, after the mug, there was also a face mask, which I ended up giving to my father because it was an XL face mask. And I thought, gosh, what can I do with an XL face mask except for give it away? Um, it was done okay. I mean, it was a red face mask with another silkscreen print on it. Fairly standard. Uh, I really, again, felt like they could have foregone a couple of the cheaper, kitschier elements of this book box and have really heightened the quality or curation of the other elements. Um, the bookmark was really good and the hot chocolate was pretty good. Um, but even the elements that I ended up keeping, the book and the mug, they're not the highest quality, most curated things on earth, and I was expecting more. So, again, some things that I didn't like, and I don't want to be, again, I don't want to be too mean to these people. Um, it really seems like I'm just trashing them here, and we'll get into the literature, with it, which I think will be uh, less damning. But I didn't like just the extra junk that was in the box, to be completely honest. What does an ornament that says despair have to do with Edgar Allan Poe, one of the most influential uh, authors of several genres, American Gothic, poetry, short stories, mystery novels, and detective fiction? I mean, I couldn't think of a worse way to celebrate such an influential, mysterious figure than to have a bunch of $1 ornaments that say despair on them. Um, the price point also does not fit in my budget. Typically, I had to save up for this one. Again, they're, well, they're obviously not sponsored at this point, but <laughs> they are definitely not a sponsor. Um, the price point is too high, in my opinion, and the reason why is the Barnes & Noble Classic Edition that they sent along was a $10 Barnes & Noble Edition that I've seen time and time again in store. It is an edition, I have the same one of Dracula and of a couple other classic gothic works and it just was not worth it for me uh, as a person who's very literature oriented. The other thing I didn't like is the focus is not on the book, it's not on Poe either, it's really on this mythical capitalist figure of Edgar Allan Poe. And I didn't like how the whole box, like I keep saying, was focused on the things, 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 things. And there was no insert of information about Poe or like why we should celebrate him and why we should care about the classic stories of Edgar Allan Poe. And it seems anachronistic and asynchronous for me to have this book of this beautiful literature displayed in a box with all of this kitschy stuff and the, the dissonance there is a little bit disturbing to me to be honest. So I did use this book box as an opportunity to get more into Poe. As you all know from the many episodes, three now, that we've done on Poe's three short stories that really jump-started the detective fiction uh, genre, the murder mystery genre. 
I really enjoyed the opportunity to start looking at Edgar Allan Poe again. I really haven't looked at him or thought about him in three plus years now. When we reviewed The Raven, which was one of our first ever episodes, which is kind of crazy to think, but needless to say, those three short stories were in this collection, and the collection is organized in a really interesting way, and I think that does say a lot about uh, Barnes & Noble's classics and um, the different ideas that go into publishing these anthologies like this. So there's two sections, Tales of the Macabre and also Tales of Detection. There's another fourth story called The Gold Bug in the Tales of Detection, which we will not go over uh, on the show. But I think what's interesting about how this collection is oriented is it's sort of all of Edgar Allan Poe's greatest hits. (laughs) And while there were some uh, stories in it that were a little more obscure, a little more off the beaten path in terms of what you would expect from Edgar Allan Poe, they were well done, well curated, well ordered. Uh, I really have no complaints. I did not read through all of the stories. Uh, Books like this I find hard to read through just because their short stories were published so far away from each other. It's almost like you've got different time periods of an author's life like worrying each other as they've published different works. So um, I typically, again, don't read through a short story uh, collection like this. I read individual stories as we've been doing on the show with all of the detective stories week to week, or if I have a theme that I'm interested in in Poe's writing, I'll go to one of his stories. And these are always good books to have around for reference of a style, reference of an author's writing at different stages in their life. Uh, One thing that I would have loved to have in this particular collection is dates on the different short stories. Poe is one of those writers, as pretty much every writer is, by the way. whose work changes substantially between different time periods of his life. And so I would have liked to have some sort of reference in terms of the chronology of the short stories involved in the collection. Sirens aside, I thought I would highlight a couple more interesting aspects of this particular collection. This collection is relatively new. It was copyrighted in 2018. The introduction is quite good, uh, and I really enjoyed reading more about Poe and his life. I know I read about and learned about Poe in school, but I really hadn't thought about him, like I said, in years, so it was a really special treat to read this introduction and start looking more at Poe's life and different circumstances behind his interests and his fascination with the macabre and the dark and uh, the despairing. And I really think it's an interesting comment here at the end. I don't know if you all have heard this and know more Poe lore than I do, but Uh, here's a quote from the introduction, quote, since the 1950s, Poe's original grave marker has been the site of a peculiar phenomenon called the Poe toaster. 
Every year on Poe's birthday, January 19th, a small group of people gathers at Poe's grave, and a tall figure in a black cape and a top hat appears, places three roses on the grave, and makes a toast of Cognac to Poe's memory. Doubtless, Poe would have approved. Uh, unquote. That is from page XII of the introduction. Some other stories featured here are Tales of the Macabre, um, in the Tales of the Macabre section, rather, um, different parables and fables that Poe wrote. Um, there is The Mask of the Red Death, The Pit and the Pendulum, the Telltale Heart, The Black Cat, Premature Burial. Those are really the meat of what Poe wrote and contributed in terms of his short stories. Um, there's Metzengerstein as well. Um, so yeah, there's lots of interesting... What I like about it is there's an interesting mediation between short stories that I've never heard of and short stories that add a lot to Poe's body of work in terms of, you know, in my mind, how it's been organized. And then there are short stories that I've loved visiting again and reading again. A Telltale Heart is one that we've reviewed on the show. So overall, it's a well-done collection. I have very few qualms with it, as I have uh, outlined in this episode. Um, I would love dates, for example. I would love the author of the introduction to make themselves known because there is not a note from the author of the introduction, nor is there an author um, or a an editor for who put this collection together. <laughs> I would love those pieces of information. Um, and other than that, though, like I said, very good. It's always good to have uh, Tales of the Macabre detective fiction on your shelf. Um, and I think that I've gained a lot, certainly, from going through and reading, especially the detective fiction. And as I say in some of the episodes, I really didn't know about Poe's contributions in that area. And so it was so enlightening for me to be able to explore more about that. And to end here, I wanted to talk about the point that I made in the Once Upon a Book Club subscription box and how those these two subscription boxes, Once Upon a Book Club and Coffee and a Classic, are differentiated in, in terms of my experiences with them at least. What I really liked about Once Upon a Book Club, I didn't really like, same thing here, I didn't like how object-focused it was. Um, but what I really liked is that the box was highly intentional, highly curated. There was lots of effort and energy that went into it. You could tell that, for example, the curators of the box read the book. Everything in that box was uh, textured and colored and intentionally motivated by the book. The curators, again, obviously had read the book, knew a lot about the author, knew a lot about the journey that the book had in it. Uh, the, the curators of this box, Coffee and a Classic, I really felt really, again, had this idea of Poe of a mythical figure that they could push sort of these capitalist um, merch-oriented ideals onto. They didn't really have merch to me that had like significant quotes on it that really uh, 
invoked Poe. Um, I would have loved more stuff on like the Raven, for example. What a beautiful, heart-wrenching piece um, that is so symbolic of Poe's work. You know, besides a raven screen printed on a mug, I would have loved something more symbolic there. There is a raven on the bookmark, but again, I would have loved just more intention behind these things. I would have loved a higher quality and less things. <laughs> There's just so much here, and I had a trouble honestly keeping track of like, okay, what is this? <laughs> what is in here? Um, one thing that I said at the end of Once Upon a Book Club and some other uh, different book boxes is that the reason why I wanted to do a series on book boxes is because I was really uh, into ideas, and especially as, as last year was ending, I became really invested in ideas of getting especially younger people to read. And I, I love it. Anything that can get a younger person to start reading more and to start looking for more in literature, that is something that I'm going to rubber stamp and be behind 100%. Um, and something that I liked about Once Upon a Book Club is I would have loved as a kid seeing books come to life. And I wouldn't have noticed things like the quality of such and such thing, or I wouldn't have noticed, um, you know, my parents probably goodwilling <laughs> the things after we were done. Um, but I would have noticed, you know, reading about a magnifying glass and then finding it at the end of the book and being able to look at a an old photo in the same way as one of the characters in the book did. I think that's such a, an amazing idea, especially for younger readers. Um, this box was, again, it didn't bring the literature to life in the same way. It was all about knickknacks and tchotchkes and things that wouldn't impact your reading, at least not in my opinion. Um, and therefore, I don't think this box would get people reading. It would be for people maybe who liked um, mass market kind of objects slash book-ish kind of themed objects and different collections. Um, it's not a box for someone who... Uh, wants external motivators to read. It's not a box for someone who um, wants to learn more about literature. And that was really, at the end of everything, my biggest problem with it. Phew, that was some hot tea there. Um, I dislike giving negative reviews because I know some people out there are going to really enjoy this book box and maybe have enjoyed this book box and I don't want to um, come across like I think your comments and your ad advice and opinions aren't completely valid, which they are. Um, for me, I can't really see a positive side to this entire this book box as a whole. I think there are positive elements of it, but I really did not gain a lot from this book box. I took the opportunities that I got from it in terms of the bookmark and the story collection and made the most of them, but I would have just again indulged so much more and loved so much more something that was a little bit more intentional, something created by people who were invested in Poe as much as I became invested in Poe throughout the process of reading more of him and, and investigating more about him. 
All right, that is it for today's episode. I hope you enjoyed. Leave your comments and questions under the show notes for this episode, uh, in which I have linked Coffee in a Classic uh, out of principle. Uh, Again, this is not a review. All of the opinions expressed are completely my own as your host. And that link would be at relevanceofliterature.com slash notes under the show notes for this episode. All right, y'all have a lovely rest of your day. Thank you so much for your time and for your attention. If you enjoyed the episode and would like to hear more from us, we've done everything from Shakespeare to Dracula. There really is a show and a series for everyone, so I'd recommend checking out our website at relevanceofliterature.com under the ongoing series tab for links to our entire back catalog of episodes, as well as any current goings-on of our show. If you are looking for even more content, we also have a Patreon page at patreon.com slash relevanceofliterature. Thank you so much for your support, and we'll see you next time.